Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Numbers, you know, like people ask, you get asked like, define winning. What's a great leader? Or how do you define it? It's results. This part, you want to live your life. Now, that's the thing about learning about winning and what we talk about here and what hopefully we're helping some information shake out that be useful to some other people that the information we want to shake out is information, ideas, concepts, phrases, ideas that principles that will allow you to get the results you want in your life. And it could be humanitarian. You want to take the idea of getting internet in not one school in Kenya, but every school in Kenya and get a program. You know, you can't do that yourself, but maybe you could get a foundation, a charity, enlist some other thing. Somehow, whatever it is for yourself, you know, they uh, the people get intrigued about and motivated to do you judge your success by what you want to do that's going to make you fulfilled and make you feel like this was the purpose I was put on the planet to do. The sooner we all can realize you're put on the planet to do something big, something important. You were not, you're not a gnat. You're a human being. You yes. were put here with certain gifts, training, things. It's not an accident. And the reason you want to do something big is you're supposed to. And you were created to do that thing. And so don't feel bad about wanting to do big things. And don't feel like it has to be in the area of business or athletics or music or anyone or other people's opinion is what's inside you. It makes your heart beat. But at some point you want to make that happen and you got to steer your own car. You got to be your own best self coach. And so in terms of using the 24 hours in a day, you know, one thing that if anything pisses me off, uh, Keith, it's that that stupid Jeff Bezos has 24 hours in the day, just like me. You know, wow. he started Yep. when that idiot started, he was down on the floor boxing up stuff and taking it to UPS. He and, a, you know, they did it in his garage and yeah. he tells the story and he's not a genius. He's done some genius things, but here's the guy. He said in his own words, he said, one day I came in with this incredible idea because I had three other guys or two other guys with me. And he said, knee pads. He said, why don't we get some knee pads? And then when we're on the concrete floor wrapping up the packages, we won't kill our knees. Yeah. And the other guy said, I got a better idea. How about tables? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how he started. He got 24 hours in the day. And so the thing is, I usually talk to our guys about like, figure crap out. Figure stuff out. You know, the it's road- easier not to make a decision, Larry. It's easier yeah. not to, though, right? For most right. people, yeah. it's easier not to, right? So why would you, frankly? Yeah. yeah, it is. But the thing that'll cause you to do that thing and take that step is when you're on a path that you're excited about. Absolutely you're, agree. You're going that. someplace you want to go. Yes. You know, it's the matter about everybody else. And that's why you use this information so you can fulfill your your own destiny, whatever it is. And, it, and other people don't, Define that, you define that. And that's the great thing about 
learning what works and what doesn't work. So when you we all come to forks in the road, you know, it's like I heard this, it was described to me like in every situation in life, everything that happens to us immediately, when you have to respond, an array of options are come into your mind. But there's always one best option. And you're never guaranteed success, but there's always one option that's going to give you the best chance of having odds of success. And so when you learn how to win, like as you've gone through life, you've been through these forks in a road and you've learned these lessons and you've learned what options are the best ones. And the great thing about that, that's experience. A lot of times you'll learn that from failure. But once oh, you get that information, you can use, I had, I was embezzled one time in the mid nineties with my 16 year personal assistant, closest personal thing. Every day in my life, I heard, I wish I had a Barbara. How lucky you are to have a Barbara. What would you do without Barbara? Okay. Well, Barbara wound up embezzling about a million dollars from me and threw me into bankruptcy and took all my tax money. And, you know, I found out, found out later, but in fact, she was so smooth. My personal business associates who knew Barbara thought I was the bad guy when I fired her. They didn't believe anything bad about her. <laughs> she was that, that good. But see, so that million, here's what I said about that. I'm only, that was my fault. When I looked at it, I said, and I usually, I hardly ever talk about this, Keith, yeah. but I said, that's my fault. Yeah. I let that happen. I just got too busy. And there's reasons, but I let myself get sidetracked and depended on her too much and didn't have checks and balances in there. And I said, I'm going to use that $1 million lesson and make at least 20 million out of it over the next 20 years, you know? And of course it's turned out that way, but I'm not the only one. It seems like all of this is business. So many people are going to business. You become entrepreneurs and everything. You don't know that you have these dangers out there that can happen to you because you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you got to look out for yourself. But when those bad lessons come, you can use it to your advantage to get the things done you want to do. And you've I'm, have not escaped going through some of those nightmares yourself. I'm convinced. Oh, I, yeah. Listen, I've been through, I've encountered my own journey in life. I've failed at business. I failed at marriage. I guess if you, that's what you want to call it, I've been through divorce. I'm now on the next journey in a blended family that uh, is wonderful. But I think back from that whole journey, that there's a journey involved, right? There's a right. the metaphor I I have used for me has been as I, I climbed some mountains in my time, and every mountain I climbed was just I never climbed those mountains in my previous life. So I can understand your comments around just resilience, I guess, more than anything, and getting through the tough times and moving to the next. The common denominator is, is you got to keep going. You got to execute, right? Because nobody yep. else will for you. For those of you who are sick and tired of fooling around and are dead serious about wanting to move up fast, I've got something especially for you. I've combined the best insights from over 40 years in business and making $70 million in income and compressed them into a free webinar. That's right. It's a free resource. If you want to find out exactly what the concepts are that I use in coaching million-dollar earners, register now at WidellOnWinning.com. You'll discover the five-part framework used by so many to reach their financial, personal, and professional goals. You can find that link in this episode's show notes.
if things happen to you, you got to take responsibility. You know, yes, you can 100 percent explain it away. It's always not your fault. But at the end of the day, it's your fault. You somehow yeah. let yourself get in a position where that could happen to you. And the great thing about accepting that is that you take the position that I can position myself where that won't ever happen to me again. Right? And yes. uh, well, you learn, you need to learn, yeah. right? You need to learn from life, frankly. It's so, so cliche as that is, but that's really what it kind of comes down to, is it not? And when you came up and you started, when did you go into business for yourself? What caused you? Because I'm sure you were successful in sales. What caused you to launch your own business? Because that can be a scary thing. Yeah, I it was this ambition to start my own business and do my own thing and be my own boss and chase that that journey. Did it bother you working for someone else and not being your own boss? How much does it bother me or did it bother me? Did it bother you back then? It, yeah. How I, much motivation was it? <laughs> sure, absolutely, right? Because you think you can do it better or you think there's a different way, right? So because you need to have some ego or confidence involved to be able to think you can make the decisions to drive yeah. the ship. So. Larry, I love to lead. I love to build. I'm a creator. I'm a builder. And I love to, I like to put people around me and go on a mission and go in and get it, frankly. Yeah. Right. So I, I really thoroughly enjoy that. It's something that I really do enjoy in my life. Now, what did you find? What was the best activity? Where did you learn the most? What caused you to accelerate your skill set, your experience, your learning to where you could even develop further as a leader? I'm a doer. I'm certainly a doer not a classroom learner. I love to get my, my sleeves rolled up and, and go and communicate. I think we talk about sales, Larry. I think sales is as much about being, don't want to get all political here, but I'll, I'll bring up a former president, but Barack Obama was widely considered a great orator, right? a yeah. great speaker, right. right? Well, then presidents are salespeople, aren't they? They're selling yeah. to the world, right? So to me, sales is about communicating. I love learning as I've matured through life, how to communicate more effectively to you, how to communicate more effectively to my kids, to those around me. It's this idea of communicating, which I think is this powerful thing we, that allows us to drive relationships and then and drive forward all the time, right? And then sell, right? Now, when did you launch your podcast? You've had a podcast. You're starting a new podcast. A couple. Oh. What are the experience did you get from doing a podcast? A lot of people think about, I should do a podcast be fun, but how do I get started and all of that? What's your takeaway? What can you tell people about podcasts and what you got out of it so far? Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a lot of work. It's more work than I think many people realize, right? Yeah. Especially to do it properly. So I like to do things properly, right? Or else, as my dad said, if you go cut the grass, you're going to spend three hours cutting the grass. You might as well do it properly, right? Instead of half-assed or leave the edges undone, like go yeah. do it right, right? So I feel like the same way with doing a podcast or doing anything, frankly. Yeah. So to me, the, the advice I'd give your listeners is that they're a lot of fun. They're a great way to communicate with people, a lot of work. But we paused our first podcast, stopped it, frankly, after six episodes because it wasn't meeting my expectations. And I wanted to make a pivot in terms of the format and so forth. And then, yeah. to be frank, we just went on some other paths and did some other things. But it's something you got to commit to. It's really, you got to commit to it if you want to have success with it. Yeah. And in your communications, do you, when you ran your company, how involved were you in with your team? And was it a all hands on deck, 24-7 type thing involvement? Or was it you run it on remote control and have the systems out there and delegate it? How did you run your business? Yes. In the early days, I was very hands-on. I was very much in the weeds, in the business all the time. But then learned that I had to get out from being in the business and running the business to 
run the business, right? So I had to learn that. I had to learn through... Talk about that. That's two different things. And uh, a guy uh, wrote a book about that, The E-Myth. And right now I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name. But anyway, he uh, that's an important distinction for people to get clear on in their mind, running the business versus doing the business. And how did that light bulb come on for you? Because the tasks, the tasks kept getting bigger. And I kept recognizing that my value was not best in doing those tasks. And my value was better in leading others to do those tasks. The value that I realized that I was a leader, that I was, that my skill set was better getting Larry to do the task and Joe and Steve and Sonia to get their tasks done while I lead them along the path instead of me thinking I can do it myself because I was better at it or it's just not going to be as good as if I did it. I had to learn trust and learn that others could do it. And I had to learn that I hired adults, right? And that's the other thing too that companies don't realize. And you talk about results, Larry. Yeah. Why should I have to manage you if I've hired an adult? Right. So I hired an adult and I said, okay, Larry, you're an adult. So I, now I have made the decision to hire you. If you don't succeed, it's not your fault. Actually, it's my fault because I didn't do the right job in hiring an adult. So if you hire children in your business, you're going to have to manage them. Most companies, I'll say something controversial. I think the easy road is, is to hire the managed person. It's just yeah. easier to do because right? yeah. you got to put somebody in the seat, but that's your first problem. Because then you're never going to get results because you're going to be focused on managing all the time, yeah. right? So when me as a leader realized that, okay, I have to stop doing the tasks. Larry, it happened yesterday. I was doing something and I was like, wait a minute, because I was loving doing it. I'm a creative guy and I was really into it. And I built this solution, this AI solution. I was like, wait a minute, this is not actually the best use of my time right now. It's time for me to got this to where I'm comfortable with it. I've got this where I can now hand it off to Larry, give him my vision and get it done. So yesterday was a great example. I just said, I had to catch myself, say, stop draft up what I want to ask Larry to do and then give it to Larry to do and lead Larry and go to the next thing. Yeah. Now, the thing about that is that what always made sense to me, Keith, was I know that you get great at something by doing it a lot of, you got, you can't escape the repetitions. Yes. And the person that is doing the job over and over and over again is going to get really good at it. And if every time I got a situation where I was doing something, I thought, I've got to do it. Nobody else can do what I'm doing. And then it dawned on me, the only reason you're so good at it is you've done it more, a thousand times more yeah. than anybody else. Get yeah. somebody else in here. Let them make some mistakes. Yes. But once they get into doing it hundreds of times or something, they're going to get to where they're pretty close. It's going to be hard to distinguish them doing it than you doing it. And most jobs don't have to be done perfectly anyway. They don't have to be yes. done at a 10 out of 10 level. You know, if they done it six out of 10, that's good enough to get that job done. And so uh, if the more people I hire and give them time to get their repetitions under their belt, that frees me up. But I don't need to be clued in there getting better, 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 better. And kidding myself that I'm the only genius in, yes. in the room is no, I'm not that good. I'm just done it more than other people. Think of the power of not only you knowing how to execute, but then teaching others to execute and then right. multiply that, right? So, okay, I got yeah. this project where I got to get it to, now I'm going to give it to Keith. And then yeah. I'm going to teach him to get it. I'm going to hold him and I'm going to coach him and hold him accountable to it, right? Now you're starting to see results, right? Now you're starting to magnify your business. 
And there's really no other way because, again, 24 hours in the day. And a perfect example of that, Keith, was I do a business call every Monday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. And I've done it for pretty much all my career, but really focused for the last uh, since 2010. And somewhere around 10 years ago, uh, people started saying to me, hey, you got to get game plan in place where this can continue on because so many people in the company are counting on this every Monday to kick the week off with a bang. And you need to get some other people in case something you get sick, you have an accident or something like that. So I started thinking, well, I'm the only, how can I do that? You know, I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, I know the questions. I know the stuff. I've got the experience. I got 40 years experience. How am I going to do it? So it's just impossible. But then it dawned on me. I've got my son who works with me in the business. He says, yeah. well, I can get Adam, he can at least do the announcements or he can do the kickoff. You know, yeah. we have a script, you know, who, introduce whoever the guest is and their credentials and what they've been doing and little announcements and then kind of kick off and close, you know. So we wrote that up. So we start up, well, that was a help. But then step by step, as it's gone through, Adam could do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he does. And, but in the beginning, it was, I was holding up progress. That's the point is like a lot of times you can be the one holding up progress in your organization because you are hanging on to doing too many things yourself. Yeah. Oh, listen, I can reflect on times that I sure I was the bottleneck, right? Where I, as a growing leader and as a maturing leader, you're recognizing that things got to go through your desk. But it was really when I went and climbed Kilimanjaro where I knew I was going to be off the grid for a number of days and I was going to be out of touch where I had to say to my team, because Larry, we were running a 24-7 business with the world's biggest brand. So it wasn't just eight to five. We were open 24 seven with human beings monitoring real-time stuff. So I said to my team, okay, I'm off the grid. I'm going to climb a mountain. And I recall the moment when I got back into coverage where I got an email from my colleagues, which was, hey, everything's been great. Hope you're having a great trip. And it was like, all right. Because I knew everything was going to be great. But it was that moment for me, which was like, all right, it's time for me now to really continue to pass the baton on to these leaders. Yeah. And really focus on leading them instead of leading the business. Yeah. Right. So that's really what I did. I stepped even further back from the day to day part of the business and focused on empowering those folks of mine that I, that I was trying to help them move their careers forward. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.